Stories with unexpected twists and turns seem to be all the rage these days. But what about a story where even the writers don't know what's coming? Welcome back to The Story Symphony, the collaborative fiction podcast where each chapter of the story is written by an entirely different person. You, the listener, won't have any idea what to expect next. And neither will we, the writers. So strap in and let's see where The Story Symphony will take us this time around. This is Chapter 1 of Season 2, The Freezer, by Angus Brown. And here we go. Larry! Fuck. Larry! It was Dane. Larry! It was never good when it was Dane. Well, maybe that's not fair. It it was never good when it was Dane in the middle of the night. Larry, Jesus Christ! Larry, open the door! Please, Larry! Open the door! And with Dane, it was usually the middle of the night. Larry, open the door! All right! Oh my God, just let me get some pants on, would you? I could already imagine the looks my neighbours were going to give me in the morning. Everyone on my floor in the building would be hearing this. And worse, they wouldn't be surprised by it. I pulled on my pants and made my way to the door as fast as I could with my eyes still half closed. Dane, come on man, you seriously can't... As soon as I unlocked the door, Dane came crashing into the living room without even glancing at me. I only saw his face for a moment as he pushed past me, but his skin looked sweaty and his eyes looked wild. I quickly closed the door and followed him into the living room. He was standing in the middle of the room with his back to me. For all the banging and yelling from moments before, he was now totally silent and almost perfectly still. Bro, are you okay? He didn't move, didn't speak. He was so still, I wasn't even sure if he heard me. I looked him over for a little and I saw he looked disheveled and dirty even. I realised this was probably the end result of a pretty big bender. Dane was infamous for his benders. His record was three days. Three days of non-stop partying and winding up on my doorstep in the middle of the night was very on brand for Dane. But did you do shrooms again? He still didn't say anything. I was starting to think he'd fallen asleep on his feet. It definitely wouldn't be a first. Some people found it unsettling, but honestly, I found it impressive. I stood watching his hulking frame, gently swaying on my rug and marvelled. I thought briefly about lowering him onto the couch, but that seemed impossible. Dane was a giant. He stood almost seven foot tall and weighed somewhere between 120 kilos, most of it muscle. When you added his long mane of hair and his thick collarbone length beard, Dane looked terrifying. The joke of it was, he was the nicest person I'd ever met. Everybody loved Dane. It was impossible not to. He was always in a good mood. Maybe being as big as he was gave him the freedom to always be in a good mood. You don't have to be nervous about anything when you look like you could bench press a house. But love him or not, I didn't have time for whatever this was tonight. So I decided to leave him sleep standing where he was and go back to bed. Listen man, I don't know what kind of night you've had, but I have to get up for work in a few hours. So, I don't know, you can just crash on my couch and watch some TV if you want. But I'm going back to bed and you can tell me about whatever this is when it's daylight. Alright? 
I started moving past him to my bedroom when something caught my eye. Dane's shirt. I thought it'd look dirty, but up close I could see it wasn't dirt. It was blood. My mind started reframing what it had just seen and suddenly I felt cold all over. Dane had looked dirty all over, which meant he was bloody all over. I turned around and looked at his shirt to confirm what I saw and I was right. Now that I knew what I was looking at, thinking it had been dirt seemed so stupid. It was like one of those magic eye tricks. Once you knew what it was, thinking it was ever anything else was impossible. Whenever I had read the description covered in blood in newspapers or novels, I'd always conjured up images, something like that final scene in Carrie. But here, now, in front of me, it just looked like Dane had rubbed some dark brown paint onto himself. My gaze shifted from his shirt to his face and I saw he wasn't asleep at all. His eyes were wide open and they were staring straight at me. Dane, uh, Dane, buddy, are you okay? It was clear now that he was actually hearing me. He was looking directly at me, into me, but he still wasn't responding. Dane, pal, you, you've got some red on you. Did something happen? Shock. This is what people meant when they talked about someone being in shock. The blank stare, not speaking, not moving. Dane? Dane, are you hearing me, mate? Uh, are you hurt? Uh, is someone hurt? I started conjuring up narratives in my mind. It was late. Dane had almost definitely been drinking. Maybe he'd been crossing the road and someone had hit him and in his days he had wandered over to my place. If that was the case, I felt sorry for the car. But something in the back of my mind was still gnawing away at me, making me feel sick to my stomach without really knowing why. But it slowly dawned on me what it was. Dane didn't have any scratches or cuts anywhere I could see. There wasn't a puddle of blood pooling around his feet. He had no wounds that I could see at all. This wasn't Dane's blood. Dane, Dane, talk to me, mate. What, what happened? Is anybody hurt? I wondered if I should slap him. That's what people did to snap someone out of it, wasn't it? Or throw water on his face. Water. That seemed like a better idea. I'd get him some water, drink it, pour it over his head, throw it in his face. Water seemed like a good idea. I headed for the kitchen. I'm just going to get you some water, bud, okay? Um, you should sit down. I'll get you some water and you can tell me all about what's going on, okay? I can help, I promise. I immediately regretted saying that last part. I could barely form a sentence. I couldn't help with this. What if Dane had hurt someone? What if he'd hit someone with his car or, or got in a bar fight or... It looked like you. My hand froze on the tap. His voice sounded wrong far away and empty. It was like the words were being said somewhere else and Dane's mouth was just the speaker box. I turned back around to see Dane had moved. He had turned around and was facing me, his huge frame blocking the kitchen door, staring, unblinking. Bud, um, you, you look like you should be sitting down. You, you don't look great. It looked like you. Why did it look like you? His voice seemed strained now. I couldn't tell if it was fear or rage or some new emotion I'd never even thought of. What are you talking about, bud? What looked like me? Grace. Grace looked like me. I stopped being afraid for a moment to instead being very confused. Grace was Dane's girlfriend. 
well, fiancé, sort of. Dane had drunkenly proposed at a party one night five years ago and Grace had drunkenly said yes. They'd never set a date or planned any part of the wedding, but whenever it came up, they both insisted they were absolutely engaged and were absolutely getting married. The closest they had come to an engagement ring was when Dane had, on a different drunken night, tattooed his name on Grace's left butt cheek with a tattoo machine he'd ordered online. None of this helped make sense of what he was saying, but none of what he was saying made sense. Dane, uh, what do you mean Grace looked like me? Not Grace. It. Grace is dead. When he said it, tears started welling in his eyes and his body started to shake. He slowly raised his right arm and I saw that at the end of it was a large hunting knife clasped in his hand. Grace is dead and it looked, looked like you did it. Blood ran cold is an expression that never made much sense to me. People always use it when describing the worst thing that's ever happened to them. I always wondered how that was the thing that stuck out to them. Why not remember other details, like it was a hot day, or my shirt was sweaty, or I felt like I was going to shit my pants? But seeing the knife in Dane's hands, hearing the words, Grace is dead? Dane, I really need you to explain to me what's going on, buddy. Because nothing that is happening right now is making any sense to me. Why do you have a knife, man? We came home from the bar, and I went to the garage, grabbed some beers from the fridge. When I came back, you were there, and you were holding Grace, and there was blood. There was a lot of blood, and it was you, except except the eyes. It wasn't your eyes, but I... It was you that killed her. He suddenly looked like he was going to collapse. Like whatever adrenaline he was running on that had brought him here had burned up. But then he recovered and continued. I charged at it. I took it down with a big hit. I could hurt it. I gave it a couple of hard punches to the face and I could see it was rattled, but then it started pleading with me. It started crying, telling me we were friends. It started telling me it was you and it begged me. It tried to get me to understand. Understand what? It took me a moment to notice that he'd stopped talking. He was just staring past me now into the wall. Still and vacant, like he had been when he came in. Dane? What's going on? He snapped back into life and I found myself wishing I'd said nothing and let him stay in standby mode. But as soon as I opened my mouth, he charged towards me with a knife pointed at me with his outstretched hand. That's what I need to find out. Dang! He turned the knife away from me at the last second, bending at the elbow and driving his forearms into my chest, forcing me against the wall behind me. The force stole my breath away and I felt like my chest was in a vice. Nothing about Dane's size could have prepared me for how truly strong he was. If he wanted to keep pushing, he could crush my sternum. Easily. I'd never experienced anything like it. It was terrifying. <laughs> Dane! I heard the whimper in fear in my own voice, but it sounded like it was coming from a different body. Dane had heard it too, and the blankness in his eyes went away. He leaned in close to me, and he seemed to be thinking long and hard, like he was deciding something. I caught it. He whispered the words into my ear so quietly, I barely caught what he said. It was strong, but it wasn't expecting me. I tied it up with the curtains and I put it in the meat freezer in the garage. I chained it closed. But... But... 
the strength in his voice faltered, and he again seemed like he might just collapse onto the kitchen floor. But he leaned against me, breathing deeply. I didn't know what else to do, so I raised my arms up slowly to hug him. But at the slightest hint of my touch, he raised up the knife to my throat and pressed it hard against the skin. He stepped back and stared deeply into my eyes. I didn't know what to do, but it looked like you. So I figured the first thing to do was find out if you were still here, if you were still you. Its eyes were wrong. I wanted to see your eyes. My mouth had gone bone dry. I tried to speak, but I couldn't. So I swallowed as slowly as I could, afraid that the slightest movement from my throat would lead to it being cut. How do my eyes look? He slowly pulled the edge of the blade away from my neck and lowered it to my chest before turning the point to face directly at my heart. They look like Larry's. But everything else about this... This thing looked like Larry, so maybe it fixed the eyes. Maybe you fixed the eyes. Dane! Dane, please. Please stop pointing that knife at me. I've, I've been here since I got home from work. I ate leftover noodles. I watched fucking Bob's Burgers. I went to bed. You woke me up. That's it. That's fucking everything. I was never at your house. I don't know what's happening, but you're really making me scared, man. I'm afraid, okay? I'm, I'm really afraid of you right now, and, and, and I'm your friend, and I, I don't know why you're fucking doing this to me. He softened, just for a split second, but I saw it. He felt bad that he was scaring his friend, but he buried it away and kept the knife steady. Larry is my friend, my best friend. That's why I have to be sure. This thing is locked up in the meat freezer at my house. We're gonna go together, and we're gonna look at it. And if you're here, you can't be in there. So let's go. He grabbed me by the shoulder and shoved me towards the door. I moved almost on autopilot until I was halfway into the hall when I stopped. Dane? Dane, this is totally insane! ah! My breath was stolen away by the sharp, hot pain of the blade in my back. It wasn't deep. But Dane had just pushed the knife into my flesh, just enough to let me know one thing, without absolutely any hint of doubt. If he thought he needed to, he would kill me. Larry is my friend. That thing is in my freezer. Right now, you could be either. Until I'm looking at you both side by side, and I can decide I'm treating you like it. If you're my friend Larry, then you'll know that when we get to my house, it'll be something else in the freezer and you'll be okay so you have nothing to worry about and no reason not to come downstairs the only reason you would argue or try to convince me to do something else is if you don't want me to be sure so larry if you're larry shut the fuck up and walk It seemed like I'd blinked and we were sitting in Dane's filthy Jeep Cherokee. It's what I had imagined teleporting would be like. I remembered nothing of the hall or the elevator or the car park. I was in my apartment and now I was here. I was vaguely aware of the stickiness on my back against the seat, which must have been the blood from where Dane had poked the blade into me, leaking out and starting to become tacky and thick as it dried. 
I also became aware I was cold because all I was wearing was a pair of pants. The last thing I noticed was that I was in the driver's seat and Dane had his knife pressed against my rib. Larry knows the way. He threw the keys in my lap and said nothing else. Being referred to in the third person added another level of madness to everything that was happening. Dane treating me like I wasn't me, referring to me like I was an idea or a ghost, was more frightening than the knife. I wanted to tell him, yes, of course I do. But the message in the apartment had been clear. Only a fake Larry would talk from now on. A real Larry would simply go along with it all until we both looked at the it in his meat freezer. And I was nothing if not a real Larry. So I kept my mouth shut. Dane's house was 15 minutes away from mine and I'd made the drive more times than I could even begin to remember. So I drove the two of us there on autopilot. And in silence, Dane alternated between staring blankly out through the windshield and piercingly staring into my eyes. It was like he kept going in and out of a trance. As we got closer to his house, reality started crashing in on me. When we got there, something was going to happen. This wasn't going to just end and go away. We wouldn't just turn around and go back to my place so I could go to bed and then get up for work. We were driving towards something terrible. If any part of what Dane was saying was true, I was going to find Grace dead in their living room. If none of it was true, then my friend had lost his mind and I was going to have to go and try and deal with a knife-wielding seven-foot-tall Viking who wanted to kill me. And if every part of what Dane was telling me was true, I was going to find some thing that looked like me that killed people. We arrived at Dane's and I pulled into the driveway like always and turned off the car. Dane didn't move. He just kept staring at my face, looking over every detail of it like it was an art dealer looking for some signs of forgery. What episode? Uh, What? What episode did you watch? My heart was racing so fast I was becoming scared I would have a heart attack. The wound on my back was beginning to rage with pain, emanating from the cut. It felt like how I imagined dying would feel. So, what was he talking about? What the fuck are you talking about, man? You said you watched Bob's Burgers before you went to bed. What episode did you watch? A laugh escaped my lips before I could catch it. Everything about what was happening was absurd, but this was too much. Beef squatch! Dane looked at his house and nodded once, like he was agreeing with my answer. It's hmm. a good one. Then he snatched the keys off the ignition and got out of the car. He moved quickly around to my door and yanked it open, pulling me out by the arm and half led, half dragged me to the door. Inside. Dane held up the remote to the garage and clicked the button. The door slowly began to roll up. I expected a wave of blood to gush forward or or severed limbs to slide out into the driveway. But what I got was a regular, ordinary, albeit slightly messy garage. Dane's Honda motorcycle leaned up against the wall, half pulled apart like it had been there for the better part of the last three months since he decided one afternoon that he was going to tweak it. The extra fridge, always full of beers, hummed away in the corner, covered in band stickers and alphabet magnets. And next to that was the giant chest freezer with Dane's heroic supply of meat 
Ever ready for barbecues or homemade smokers of any culinary experiment involving cow and barbecue sauce that he had found online. When Dane had first brought it home from the outlet appliance store where he'd found it, I had joked that it was big enough to fit a body in. I figured I was about to find out if I was right. There was no blood or limbs or signs of a struggle anywhere in the garage. I assumed that meant that whatever had happened to Grace had happened inside the house. The idea made me feel momentarily better. If I couldn't see the body, then this whole thing could still be a bad joke. Dane's attempt at the ultimate prank. I made you think my fiancé was dead and I literally stabbed you in the back. Got ya. My fantasy of the world's worst jackass episode faded quickly though, as I felt Dane push the point of the blade up against my spine. Move. His voice was completely emotionless. It was terrifying. We walked slowly into the garage towards the freezer, and the closer we got, the more terror dug into my bones. A chain lay on the ground in front of the freezer. Several of its links were broken and scattered around on the concrete floor. Looking down at it, it was impossible to tell if it had been broken from something pulling on it from outside or pushing on it from within. Dane bent down and picked up one of the broken pieces. What the? He stood up and stepped back from me and then jabbed the knife in my direction. Open it. Dane, listen. Open the freezer now! Dane! Come on, man, please, calm down. He exploded in hysteria. Over the freezer now or I will fucking gut you where you stand! Involuntarily, my hand gripped the handle of the freezer and started to pull up. Whatever fear I had of what lay inside was trumped by my lizard brain's desire to not be stabbed to death. A waft of cloudy, freezing air seeped out of the gap, almost like the fingers of a ghost reaching out for me. I regained control of my functions and decided to deal with this like a band-aid. I threw the lid open the rest of the way and I jumped back. Who or whatever Dane had trapped in there could still be in there. And if they were, they would probably want to kill the first thing they saw. Dane and I stood on the spot, frozen. I noticed gratefully that he now had the knife pointed at the freezer instead of me. We both stood waiting for me to emerge from the chest. But nothing came. Cold, opaque air continued to waft out and dissipate into the garage. But nothing else followed. Dane and I both instinctively took a step forward, curiosity beating out self-preservation. I craned my neck to see inside while still being as far back as I could. And as the cold air cleared, I began to make out familiar shapes. Steaks, chops, sausages, brisket. The freezer was filled with meat, about three quarters full of it. Just about every cut you could think of. But I, or anything that looked like me, wasn't in it. <laughs> Dane, buddy, it, it's meat. It's just... Son of a bitch. My breath was snatched away by something. My chest cramped like it was being squeezed while also burning, like someone had pressed hot coals into it. I had a sudden, intense urge to throw up, and the entire world felt like it had turned on a 45 degree angle. I reached up to clutch my chest, but my hands bumped into something. A lump. It, it, I looked down and I saw it was a handle. Oh. My eyes moved from the handle and up to Dane's face, and I saw it twisted into a look of pure, undiluted hatred. I looked back down at the handle and felt the cogs of my brain slowly turning into place. 
The handle was from the knife. And the knife was in my chest. Dana put it in there. My blood ran cold. Dana! Dana! But I'm... <laughs> Again, my breath was stolen and I felt the terrible pulling and tearing like my insides were being sucked out as Dane pulled the knife from me. Again, my brain moved too slow to process things correctly, and I thought he was pulling it out to help me. But then in slow motion, I watched him plunge the knife back into my chest. Again. Again. And again. The ground came up to meet me. And I felt a light sting the back of my skull as it kissed the pavement. Dane was on top of me, but his enormous weight felt like nothing. Almost like being covered with a thin blanket. The fire and the tearing and the pain all faded and all I could hear was a gentle, slowing thud in my ears that I suppose was my heart slowly ceasing to beat. I reached up and felt the blood leaking out of my body and slowly soaking into my shirt. But it wasn't cold. It was hot. checked my phone to make sure I had seen the right name on the caller ID. Why do you have Larry's phone? And why are you calling me in the middle of the night on Larry's phone? It looked just like him, but I don't. Dane, what's happening? Where's Larry? It looked just like him. Dane. I think he's dead. I think your brother's dead. What do you mean, Larry's? Don't blame him. What? Hello? Uh, what's happening? Today's chapter of the Story Symphony was written by Angus Brown comedian, actor and writer who is best known for writing the feature film The Dream Children and for appearing as Butt Crack Guy in a Bond's underwear campaign. Very excitingly, Angus has just released a brand new podcast called Who Did Start the Fire Then? An investigative podcast looking to find out just who was responsible for starting the fire that's referenced in the Billy Joel song We Didn't Start the Fire. Angus lives in Melbourne with his wife, two children, cat and dog, and has the least amount of authority out of everybody in the house, apparently. He's on Instagram and Twitter at GusGusBrown, on Facebook at AngusBrownComedy, and you can follow the Who Did Start the Fire Then podcast on Instagram and Twitter at WhoDidPod. So who knows what's going to happen next? Well, we certainly don't. But I'm just as excited as you are to see where the next rider will take us. 
Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Story Symphony to stay up to date with all the latest news and goss, and to let us know what you think about the story so far. Larry was voiced by comedian, actor, and director Jimmy James Eaton, who you can find on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Jimmy James Eaton. Dane was voiced by actor, comedian, and podcaster Angus Brown, who you can find on Twitter and Instagram at Gus Gus Brown Comedy, or on Facebook at Angus Brown Comedy. Callie was voiced by actor Carly Williams. You can stay up to date with all of the great work that she does by following her on Instagram at Carly, that's K-A-H-L-I, full stop Williams, or visiting her website, carlywilliams.com. And finally, thanks to Leanne Miyako, the talented individual who created the artwork for this podcast. Until next time.